Episode 115, Brian Moore. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, it's Nikki back on Gut Plus Science with Brian Moore, co-founder at Anthem. I thought I was passionate about relationships. You got to hear this guy and the company he's built to help more people experience meaningful relationships, especially at work. It's pretty incredible. Brian, welcome to Gut Plus Science. So how did you learn that relationships are the secret sauce, if you will, to excellent leadership and unlocking the highest levels of workplace engagement? You know, I think I, uh, I, I really learned it by accident. When I uh, was given my first opportunity in a managerial or a leadership role, it was in a fairly rural location, the financial institution that I was working for. And I remember walking into the office the first day, meeting my team for the first time, having been promoted from within from a different branch to this new branch. And I mean, the first thing that just jumped out at me was how much younger I was than my entire team. And just not knowing exactly what to do, I just leaned into this notion of, hey, if I build the best connections with these folks and lead by example and not ask them to do anything that I wouldn't do, that hopefully over time, that you know we will build an amazing team and you know be able to get the best out of what we can do as a group and so just really kind of an accidental first managerial experience and sure enough i have no doubt that that group when they saw me uh, certainly may have thought wow you know who's this young whippersnapper coming in that's going to be our quote unquote manager and through the way in which i just prioritize building meaningful connections with them as individuals first not as me being you know the boss per se which just felt kind of the right thing to do what we were able to do as a group was was pretty amazing and it was kind of that crash course in just recognizing that at the end of the day and i think herb kelleher former southwest airlines CEO founder said it best that you know the business of business is people yesterday today and forever and that to me I think is probably one of the most important lessons that I've learned and that I think all leaders have an opportunity to really you know embrace as they uh, as they race forward so good I have so many things to say but I thought okay <laughs> looking at my past life and what I do today, this topic, it's just one of those things that's my lifeblood, but I find that there's a number of people that don't really understand it. And I'm always like scratching my head because it's like such a natural thing for me. My background, 2006, I got involved with a business that I now own that teaches small businesses and startups how to grow their business through relationships. That's what the whole company does. It's called Rainmakers. Done that for years. And then I found a niche in partnership expertise for larger companies because taking what I knew from smaller, I was like, man, we can really help larger companies. And you think of how much money businesses pay to recruit new talent or to fill their pipeline. And if you can just crack the nut on how do we build relationships to do that, and just the dollars and cents saved when you can learn how to do it through relationships and the joy that it brings, it's just incredible. So now if we take this and bring it into this show, Gut Plus Science, imagine how your engagement at work and the culture that really lives your core values can really be if you 
learn how to do relationships as a number one, as a primary focus. So I'm so excited to talk about this today. And I want to know your take on this question. So what do you say to leaders who don't think it's important to prioritize relationship building or relationship development? They're like, we don't even do anything like that. Like, why would we invest in tools or training? Like, what's your take? I, I would also scratch my head and wonder, you know, who are these individuals that have somehow ascended to leadership ranks and, and the honor and privilege of leading without prioritizing the importance of relationship building? So, you know, my, my gut reaction to that, honestly, would be to move on and go talk to those that have already been convinced that that is really, really important. You know, would I spend time trying to convince the unconvincible? You know, I, I guess perhaps to maybe add a little bit more color to the to the question or give a little bit more color to my answer is like, I would ask those folks, you know, in their own lives, you know, who are the people that they are closest to? I have no doubt they, they would identify some family members and some friends and then ask like, well, why are you so close to them? And just start to unpack what are those ingredients and qualities that lead to that sense of closeness at why you've been able to build good relationships and why you actually invest in maintaining them, right? It's a two-way street. And so to think that somehow the things that we prioritize in our lives outside of the workplace don't have validity or transferability in the workplace, I think it's just silly. And so really, I'd be scratching my head right there with you. Like, how are you not prioritizing this? Like, you are just, you're not getting the best out of your people. And from a data standpoint, as controversial as it might be for some, you know, the Gallup organization has been studying employee engagement since 1996 and launching their famous Q12 survey globally. And one of the statements of whether or not individuals rank high or low on, uh, do I have a best friend at work? You know, those that do have a 7x increase in engagement. And engagement has an incredible impact on productivity, which has an incredible impact on profitability. And so as a leader, to create the environment where people can actually build meaningful relationships, not just as colleagues, but as human beings who are spending an enormous amount of time with one another to achieve a common purpose, I think it's something that everybody benefits from. There's just no downside. So again, after I get done scratching my head, I'd encourage them to maybe rethink, uh, point to a few data sources. And if they're still not convinced, <laughs> I would just move on. Great answer. And you know, one thing is if we took a few steps back and kind of look at all the things that we invest in in our business, I'll be really simple in the marketing and sales arena. We invest in a CRM and a marketing automation platform. And we do that to have a system to have our contacts and to stay in touch. But how many people, leaders, overlook a system for building relationships? It's like, okay, but the core, right, is like building relationships that unlock opportunities, but we're going to buy tools and systems to manage relationships, but we never did the work to learn how to like build relationships. It's just, here's the thing. I don't think anybody intentionally overlooks it or says it doesn't matter, but if you take a step back, how much time did you take when you were purchasing your new mobile wireless phone system to have a great system for all your phones and blah, 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 right? And that's a phone like, and, but we don't take this step back to really look at like, but what have we done to develop system and education 
for the most important things, which are the people and the relationships we have, but we'll spend all this money on the tools for it. It's just one of those things to scratch our heads about. And I think all of us, every single person, including you and I, who love this topic is like, how can we do it better? Because when we do invest in it, it's just such an amazing return. I, anyway, you and me are on a soapbox right now. So <laughs> relationships sure. are core to employee engagement. You just talked about that with Gallup, but what's at the core of relationships? I mean, I think at the end of the day, I saw a really powerful quote uh, on Twitter. It was earlier this week. And the quote was, vulnerability is the currency of human connection. And I'd love to attribute it to the right person. I don't recall exactly where it came from. But to me, that is, if I think about all the best relationships I have in my life, whether they're with colleagues, friends, or family, there's a real sense of knowingness between the, the two individuals, between the folks in the relationship. And I think that can only come from being willing to open up and you know talk about and share who you really are as an individual and vice versa. You know, so often, or at least the traditional workplace that we all grew up in is one that really encouraged and in fact, I think celebrated us stepping into our role. Uh, I'll use a, an example that I just think is to me, somewhat comical. Like I understand there's good intent, but teaching executive presence, like this phrase executive presence to me is like, how do I act the part of the role I play? And at the end of the day, anybody that is stepping into a role, I'm not saying it's unimportant, but if you have to actually ditch who you are to become what you do, I think there's going to be a real lack of congruency at some point where you're going to find yourself, you know, at a bit of a crossroads. And I think at the core of every relationship is that sense of being willing to be who you truly are, strengths, weaknesses, and everything in between. And from that develops trust. So if you're willing to be who you are, if you're willing to put yourself out there and have that courage to be vulnerable, what will emerge from that is trust, like a real sense of vulnerability or emotional trust. And to me, that's at the core of relationships. And I think that quote might be Brene Brown. I'm going to go look it up. Brian, can you share a story of inspiring a leader or leaders to enhance their relationship building practices? Just, you know, trying to figure out for those that do embrace it, how do you enhance that or, or as a leader, a domino effect that so others want to buy into it? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it for me is, you know, as I think with, with the, the the leaders I have the opportunity to connect with, you know, whether they're CEOs, departmental leaders, whatever the case may be, I model what I expect out of the relationship and that notion of people will end up buying from people that they like. I happen to believe in. I think it's true. I think most people don't enjoy being sold, but all of us, at least I do, I enjoy buying and I tend to buy from people that I feel a connection with, and so. That same sort of premise, I think, holds inside of building teams and inspiring leaders to take advantage of that opportunity to develop better relationships with their employees. And I'll go back to the engagement piece, but a little bit deeper in the sense that every single one of us carries around a discretionary reservoir or a reservoir of discretionary effort. Like we can always do a little bit more. And I think whether or not we choose to bring that little something extra oftentimes is dependent upon the depth of connection we have with who's asking us to bring that extra effort. 
And so if I feel that sense of connection with my leader and he or she is asking me to do something that's slightly over and above and they've put in the time and made the deposits in the relationship bank, then I'm more than happy to you know, deliver the withdrawal, if you will. So really just modeling it with the relationships that I have and pointing to when necessary, the data uh, for those that are super analytical and data-driven that what can come from that is just, it's better for everybody. And if I didn't answer your question, uh, feel free to, to re-ask and we can go deeper. No, I think that's great. And the, the only other question is if you happen to have a story of an individual that you can think of that you've watched their journey on relationship building, you know, when you met them, they were, you know, open to it, you know, but they've really gotten good at leading other people through relationships. Anybody come to mind? I can point to a specific example. I don't want to name names just out of the privacy of, of some of the work that I do, but I will point to an example that I did some work with a biotech firm uh, here in Arizona, probably about a month or so ago, a really, really accomplished CEO, put together a brand new team launching a, a new product in the biotech space. And this is a CEO that has been in and around business for a, a number of years and so grew up at a time and place in business that uh, was really akin to what I described earlier, where it was a very transactional relationship between employees and the business. You pay people a certain salary or hourly wage and they deliver in their job. And you know whether there was anything more to that was really left pretty wide open. And so we brought an experience to him and his leadership team that really got well beneath the surface of what more traditional relationship building in, in business looks like. And I remember him mentioning to me and the group after the experience was over was, I just learned more in the past half hour about the people who are on my executive team than I have in working with them over the last 18 months. So, I mean, imagine what you can do if you are willing to you know, open up and and explore some of those topics that might not be the normal water cooler conversation, but at the end of the day, really bring people closer together. And the benefits that that offers is just massive, at least in my opinion. I just keep thinking of the word depth and just challenging all of us, myself, you, our listeners. How do we just work on going deeper? The deeper the relationship, the more we're open, the more that trust builds, and then the more we get done as a team together. So let's get tactical. What does a great leader who practices relationship building as part of their norm, what do they do in one-on-one -on -one meetings or team meeting environments? So some of the coolest things that I've seen, I'll start with team meeting environment and then I'll transition to one-on-one. -on -one. So in a, in a team meeting environment, whether you're meeting you know, for a daily stand-up huddle or weekly or whatever the case may be, integrating a focus on one or two or three members of your team at every meeting and opening up the meeting with a story, having one of those team members share, whether it's a personal story that happened in their past or from the weekend, or maybe it's a business story about an experience they had with a particular client. I would tend to encourage to go more towards the personal and move away from the business stuff because most of the meeting content is going to be business focused. So reserve that time for personal stories, I think is one of the best ways. And not only does that show that you as a leader are interested in learning more about who your teammates are, not just what they do, you also give an opportunity to the rest of the team to also learn who their teammates are and not just what they do. And I think that sort of 
mirror neuron uh, in our brain that we all have. You know, when we see or feel or sense someone lean out and share more of who they are as human beings, we want to respond in kind. We don't want them to feel alone, like they're the only one out on the skinny branch sharing a personal story. And so we'll often respond in kind, which then just builds that vulnerability-based trust that's so critical. Uh, So I think at team meetings, reserving time for allowing people to share. Maybe it's a check-in, maybe it's a story, but just something that is non-work related that gives people a platform and an opportunity to talk more about what matters to them so that you really get to know them. In a one-on-one setting, I would say similarly, clearly the focus of a one-on-one is going to be around performance and expectations and things that need to happen related to the business, which makes a ton of sense. But either preceding or immediately after that conversation takes place, use it as an opportunity, again, to ask some of those more personal questions about that individual employee's life. What is it that they want to accomplish in the next few years? What are some of their big life goals? What are the things that they might be struggling with outside of the office that they could use some guidance on? And just opening the door as the leader to allow that kind of a discussion to unfold, I think will not only help you as a leader get to know your teammate better, but you'll also open the door to being able to take advantage of that discretionary reservoir of effort or that reservoir of discretionary effort that they can bring because they sense you actually care about them as a human being. And it's got to be genuine. You can't just do it as kind of a checklist or a robotic sort of thing. We all know if somebody's taking a genuine interest in who we are and, and our life outside of the office. And I also think, you know, last thing I'll say on this is over the past, what, 15, 16 months as we've all been in this pretty crazy time right now and have had this unintentional invitation into people's homes through video platforms as we've all been physically distanced. We've gotten a chance to see so much more of who our teammates are based upon where they live, the art on their wall, the people they live with, the pets that they might have, just all of those clues into more of the humanity behind our teammates. And so why not capitalize on that? Whether we come back five days a week, two days a week, or no days a week, I think we all have an opportunity to reimagine what relationships in the workplace can look like based upon this really unprecedented level of access we've had over the past 15 months and not close the door. Let's leave it open because everybody, at least in my experience, certainly showed up much more human than we ever have before. And I think that's something we should celebrate. Absolute celebration needed. Yes. Brian, I want your thoughts on how relationship building skills translate to ROI or bottom line business results. I know you're having these conversations in the work that you do. I mean, I think at the end of the day, to me, this goes back to uh, engagement and how important that is to productivity. And so if we are able to build better relationships with our colleagues based on something more than just the competency-based trust we have in one another to deliver in our jobs, that's going to translate to higher level of engagements, which translates to higher levels of productivity, which inevitably translates to higher level of productivity. And two, I mean, the relationships between colleagues are one thing, but if we demonstrate first on the inside amongst our teammates of how important investing in relationships are as colleagues, I think that naturally translates then to how we invest in the relationships with our prospects and clients. It's so hard to win a new client. And once you do, nurture, invest, build uh, that relationship, cultivate it. And that not only is dependent upon delivering 
the product or service that you sold to them. I think also it's dependent upon the depth of connection you establish with them because inevitably problems arise, tension occurs. And so when those moments of tension come up, if you've got really good relationships with people, whether it's internal or external, I think we end up giving a much more generous benefit of the doubt to the person on the other side of the conflict and you can work through things. If if you don't have connection, then I think the conviction that each party might operate with could lead to a breakdown as opposed to if you actually have a deep level of connection and then you can both approach your respective sides of, of the tension with conviction, I think you can reach a breakthrough. Um, so to me, it matters tremendously. So ROI you're going to get better engaged employees and uh, with better relationships. And that then I think is going to translate to better relationships with your clients and prospects, which inevitably leads to business growth and serving your clients better, creating more value and impact. Preach it. I love it. (laughs) All right. So take us to story time. Tell us about one of your clients that is a glowing example of relationships as a core value in their organization. Like take us behind the scenes. So one of my favorite examples, there's a company here in Arizona. The name of the company is Goodman's Interior Structures. They are an office furniture distributor. One of their brands is Herman Miller. So they they operate in a, in a really uh, exclusive space. And the CEO is just an amazing individual, very purpose-driven leader and believes in making long-term investments for the benefit of his business. And so one of the things that he does is at the beginning of every sales team meeting, and they've got an office in the Phoenix area, one in Tucson, and then they also cover uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. So kind of this little triangle geography area. And at the beginning of every single sales meeting, and they've got dozens of sales folks, they start off every sales meeting with uh, a member of the team sharing a moment or memory from their life that has held a special place of significance and also documenting or symbolizing those moments and memories with different inspirational media, usually music. And it's a way for individuals on the team to not only share more about who they are, but also build additional bridges of connection to surface uncommon commonalities that they might share with their other sales colleagues around the geography that they operate in or those three geographies to say, oh, wow, wow, you know, I listen to that music as well, or I'm a big fan of that TED Talk if they chose a TED Talk, or I'm a huge fan of that movie. So it's just this really cool way to connect people based on life experiences and and life moments, as well as media that people align with or use to symbolize some of their life moments and experiences. So building bridges of connection to surface these uncommon commonalities, as well as to celebrate the differences that people share. And they do that at every single meeting. And so the beginning of the meeting is it's the story time hour where every member of the team uh, on a rotating basis shares something about who they are. And it is just the stickiest, most fun part of the meeting as he, he shares with me that they learn the coolest things about their teammates that they would have otherwise never known because this this water cooler conversation, you know, how was your weekend? What did you do? You, that's, you're, you're operating at the surface by giving people this platform and encouraging people to go deep. You really get underneath the surface and uh, really start to, uh, to get to know who your teammates are at a much deeper level. So I think that's a shining example. 
I'm so glad that you shared that and we'll have to give them a shout out when this episode launches. I was just sitting here thinking we have a sub series called Monday Fire on our podcast uh, RSS feed right now that um, I'm pretty passionate about inspiring people to get fired up for Mondays is basically what that's about. And how many people live in dread of Mondays or zombie zone on Mondays and you are such a shining example of your passion lived out in the work that you do in the business that you have. And it's just cool. You know, I'm just like listening to you tell the story. And I bet when you got asked that question about what client you were going to pick, you're like, uh, which one am I going to pick? Cause I get to do this all the time. I have so many amazing organizations that I get to work with based on the business that I've chosen to be in. And I just inspire people that are out there and they're listening and they're like, man, I'm just, I wish I had that. You can, you can have that. And it's not easy sometimes. And you know, it's a lot of work, but you know, to make a big change and, but meaningful work is everything. So you just are really shining on that as you share what you do. And this is a great way to transition into your business called Anthem. Tell us about Anthem's mission and offering and how it ties to your passion for building stronger workplace cultures where humans are highly connected. And that relationship component is so loud. Our core purpose at Anthem is to help bring people closer together and we've chosen the workplace as the place to bring that that purpose to life. And the reason that we do really is rooted in this notion that, and I think everybody would agree, that time is our most precious non-renewable resource. We only get so many hours in the day. And because we spend so many of them at work with our colleagues, to miss out on the opportunity to build more meaningful connections because of the benefits to the business and to us as individuals. There's this amazing TED Talk. I don't know how many years old it is, but several. That was delivered by Robert Waldinger, who's the executive director of the Harvard Study of Adult Development. And it's this amazing TED Talk that is titled, What Makes for a Good Life? So a really, to me, important, thought-provoking question. And over the past 80 some odd years that they've been running this longitudinal study with an original like 256 uh, folks that opted in back in the, in the late 1930s, early 1940s, many of whom have since passed away, but they've repeated the, the study year in, year out. And at the end of the day, what they've learned over this 80 some odd years that they've been doing this study is the number one thing, no matter what level of affluence, wealth, uh, material success you've achieved in your life. The happiest people that they've studied over an 80 plus year period are those that have the best quality relationships in their life. And so to not take advantage of building meaningful connections with our colleagues, given the amount of time we spend with them and work being such an important part of building a meaningful life and having meaningful work. And part of meaningful work is actually having meaningful relationships with our colleagues. I mean, to, to miss out on that to me is in my opinion, the biggest missed opportunity that we've had. And again, I'll go back to that Herb Kelleher quote that the business of business is people yesterday, today, and forever. And so if you're leading a team out there and you are still questioning whether or not you know going deep and building more meaningful relationships is appropriate, not only is it appropriate, it delivers better results on every side of the equation. There's no downside. And so at Anthem, what we bring to organizations and particularly to teams is this 
on-ramp in this way to go deep, to, to create deeper relationships with your colleagues through life moments. We've all had this amazing life, all of us, and we're the most uniquely qualified individual to share the different moments and memories from our lives with our colleagues. And so why not open that door and share some of the things that we've all experienced? Because through that sharing, you develop a much deeper sense of who people are and not just what they do. You surface all kinds of uncommon commonalities, and then you get to celebrate the differences that you share. And it's a beautiful thing. I don't know that there's anything more rewarding I could be working on than helping people maximize the time that they spend in the place that they spend most of it. And that's work. And so helping people transition from work being this soul-sucking, awful experience, but I got to do it to make a living to, hey, I have this crazy, amazing opportunity to build meaningful relationships with my colleagues. And through that, we'll do better work and I'll live a happier life. I mean, what could be better? So Brian Moore, you know, that mic you have over there on the other side that you're speaking into, you can drop that thing in about (laughs) two minutes. We're going to wrap up with our lightning round. Total mic drop. Love everything on this. So many key takeaways, such great inspiration. Gut Plus Science has just joined the People Forward Network. Gut Plus Science has been on a journey for three and a half years, and we got inspired to create a global podcast network that captures the most incredible efforts of people first leaders and humans working on a meaningful mission. We believe that the workplace is the largest mission field for change. And the People Forward Network is the largest community of humans on a shared journey to live life full of meaning. We'd love for you to join the People Forward Network. There are all kinds of new shows and existing shows coming together under one umbrella to bring you the best content as a community on a mission. Can't wait for you to join us. See the link to peopleforwardnetwork.com in the show notes. We're going to transition to what we call our lightning round before we wrap up and uh, also tell people how they can reach you. But what's your favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read? Wow. Favorite book of all time is the one that impacted me the most, which is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. What is your favorite hobby when you're not working? Oh, that's an easy one. Well, I'll answer that in two parts. I have two teenage daughters and a wife of 22 years, so spending time with my family. But hobby is absolutely playing guitar. And where is your favorite vacation spot? I'm a huge, huge fan of Southern California, particularly North County, San Diego, Solana Beach, Encinitas uh, area. I just love the chill vibe there. Big fan of the ocean. And it's just easy drive from the Phoenix area. And that's my favorite. How can listeners connect with you after the show today, Brian? A couple different ways. Uh, my email, Brian, uh, B-R-I-A-N at Anthem, A-N-T-H-Y-M dot life, Brian at Anthem dot life. Uh, and of course, you know, LinkedIn's probably a pretty easy way as well. And my last name is spelled M-O-H-R. So Brian Moore, uh, those are probably the two easiest ways to, uh, to connect with me. Brian, it was a joy to talk with you today. Love the passion that we share for relationships at work and just relationships in life. Here's my truth you can act on. Number one, vulnerability is the core or the foundation to relationship building. Get good at being vulnerable and you'll get better at your relationships. 
Number two, remember vulnerability plus trust inspires people to buy in and be their best at work. Number three, take time for personal conversation. It is crucial to relationship depth. And number four, the happiest people on earth have the deepest relationships. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.